Welcome back to No Crying in Baseball. This is our special Mid-World Series episode. I'm Potty Mouth, and I'm here with my BBBFF, my baseball best friend forever, Patty. And uh, before we look into what exciting things are to come in this World Series, let's check out what's been going on lately. So, Patty, what's up with the Dreyer saga oh, the and dr- the baseball connection? And the baseball connection. So, yeah. okay, so back to my house fire. You're tired of my house fire already. I'm tired of my house fire already. But there's there's bad news and good news in baseball land related to the dryer fire. The bad news is I emptied everything out today to take pictures of it from the dryer, to take pictures for insurance purposes. And then, you know, I, I got to mourn one more time the Anthony Rendon jersey that's burned to a crisp and my, my uh, Nationals wonk shirt burned to a crisp. Irreplaceable. Yeah, it's from years ago. And I reached in the back of the dryer and I realized there was one more shirt I didn't realize got ruined and it's last year's Star Wars Nationals shirt. But there's sort of a boyfriend miracle related to this. So the picture of, of Jason Worth torched. The the, the picture of of, um, of of Dusty torched. The picture of Harper torched. What remains uh. completely unscathed? My boyfriend, Anthony Rendon's face is perfect. In a couple of different ways. So does this mean we're losing Worth and Dusty? I mean, I know Worth is kind of, hmm. I, well, we lost Dusty for sure. I, think. I mean, this I mean is, Worth and, 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 uh, and Harper. And Harper, and Harper this Harper. is Harper's contract year, so he could go. I'm right. worried that we've moved from metaphor of up in flames to foreboding. Yeah. But we'll see. But then on the good news front, the Washington Nationals totally has my back, as do my friends Scott and Potty Mouth, because I came home today while the house cleaners were cleaning out my basement, trying to get rid of smoke smell, and my first floor and trying to get rid of smoke and soot. There was a box on my front porch from the Washington National Baseball Club. This is all true. This is all true. I opened the box. I had a letter from Mike Rizzo, the president of baseball operations for Washington Nationals, thanking me and my daughter for our years of support on behalf of the Washington Nationals and the Lerner family. And we we heard that you had a fire and you lost some of your Nats gear. And we hope that these things will help make up for it. And inside the box were six Washington Nationals shirts, three in my size, three in my daughter's size. It was lovely. I may have teared up just a little bit, and I may manage to write a thank you note to Mike Rizzo without mentioning how pissed I am about Dusty, because this was such a kind and wonderful thing to do. So I'm feeling the baseball karma in Washington kind of coming back around again. I wonder how you could just sort of slide that in there. Not going to do it. Just a little bit. Not going to do it. My mom brought me up to be ladylike. You didn't notice that? I can write a thank you note. I don't always do it, but I can. Well, I'm the potty mouth. I'm gonna. I'm gonna write this thank you note. But anyway, I was very touched, and it's wonderful. And I'm now, I've got my Washington National shirts for next season, and it's awesome. And huge shout out to Scott for being so genius behind this and just thinking of, huh, why don't we write the Nationals and see what they say? And all I did was get t-shirt sizes, which meant (laughs) texting you and your daughter independently, (laughs) asking them for the t-shirt size of the other person. It's all good. So it's all good. Hey, now it's time for our Week in Review. It's the World Series. Oh, my God, it's the World Series. We were a little bit sad about the World Series last time because it's the beginning of the end, but so much has happened in only two games. Amazing, amazing. What a great way to start because it was sort of like one of each type. You had, like like you're about to say... Game one was... It was a pitcher's duel. It was beautiful. It was classy. It was all skill and not luck. It was, we are trained for this. We're good at this. And it was fabulous. And, you know, the Dodgers won, which is good for my prediction. And not, well, I guess it, it 
kind of works with mine too because I need more games to p- be played so that the Astros <laughs> can win in game seven. Um, you know, game one was that 100 degree crazy heat, which seemed like it wouldn't be such fodder for a pitcher's duel, but it was. Um, I, I just want to kind of bring up, I think this might be a good point to talk about Kershaw's uh, form in game one. So my husband and I had this really big argument about Kershaw. So he starts off and he's got this little like pause kick thing going on with every pitch. He like he's winding up, little pause, little kick, and then he goes through. And my husband says, you know, if there's somebody on first, that would be a box. So that should be illegal. He shouldn't be able to do that. But I said, you know, there's nobody on first base. So why not? And also, I was like, well, you know, if there were somebody on first, we'd find out if it were a box or not. But there isn't going to be. It's Kershaw. There's nobody on first base. Eventually, there was somebody on first base, and he didn't do the kick. So my husband turned to me and he's like, I told you so. Like, it it would be a box, so therefore it should be illegal. So my question to you is, should it be illegal? Should he be able to do it even when there's nobody on first? Because if there were somebody on first, it would be a box. But the whole point of a box is to fake out. And you're not going to fake out if somebody's not on first. So I think he should. I, I think it's a mute point and we were just arguing silly. Well, my question for you is, it's Kershaw. Who's on first? Nobody's on first. But so so the thing is, I want it to be a bulk because, as you know, I have a personal vendetta against Kershaw. But he's a spectacular pitcher. And I kind of think it's a screw with you move, Mm -hmm. you know, just to get your timing off. And I think that what he's doing breaks the spirit, but probably not the letter of the balk law. But I have a hard enough time figuring out a balk as I do with the infield fly rule. So I don't know what to do with that. There's that. There's that. Well, we're not going to have to worry about it for a couple more games, but <laughs> but we'll have to keep a close eye out because he will be back the way these things are going. So you said that game one was the pitcher's duel. So you would call game two what? Game two was a game seven. Oh, my God. It. I thought, OK, another pitcher's duel for a while. And then things started kicking in and there was some strategy going on. And then it turned into game seven of last year's World Series with the extra innings and things happening that you did yeah. not see coming. And the thing that ticked me off about it was it was a school night and the yes. game started at eight o'clock. I was in bed watching the game and I kept falling asleep because it was supposed to be a game two, but it was a game seven. So every time I woke up, something exciting was going on and I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. You know, actually, I missed a lot of the during and the after because I was cramming this makeup course I had to do. So I was flipping back and forth on the windows on my computer between the course, which had audio plus this which had audio and it was not melding really well. And, and you know, I was, I was seeing the back and forth, but once it got into extras, I just, I missed the most exciting part until the next day. And, uh, and if you look at the stats for this game, it's crazy. So we were expecting the heat to have an effect on the home run ball. And game one, you know, like you said, goes by, no, nothing huge happening. But game two, eight home runs combined which already is the most home runs in a World Series game. And of those eight home runs, eight players. So spreading out the welfare, everybody's going to get a homer. And you know that my, my, my babe got one of them. Um, also, the first World Series with multiple extra inning homers. And the Astros, hey, they're going to be the winning team, according nope. to my nope. prediction in nope. seven games. Nope. And this shows their character, first team ever. To get a homer in the ninth, the tenth, and the eleventh in a World Series game. Can I tell you Impressive. about that? Can I tell you about that? That's because 
Dave Roberts screwed up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That well, wasn't that wasn't the Astros. That was the Dodgers. Okay. So Dave Roberts has this plan that he wants to go with, where he's got you're going to pitch this far, and then I'm going to then I'm going to replace you with somebody else, and right. and and he did it too soon. He pulled Hill out too soon. Hill gave up one run in the four innings. It's like trying to replace a manager after two seasons. It's too soon. Give him a chance. That's Those exactly home runs, it. It, we shouldn't have gotten to that point right. had Roberts just sat back and said, you know what? Maybe my plan can kick in in another inning or two. Well, you know, I think he just kind of got a little cocky because actually they were doing like post-game comments with the managers and he said, you know, it's yeah, he was lamenting about what happened and it's two teams that competed for 27 outs. And I thought... Do the math, man. Like, how many innings are you working? And so he was assuming this is a nine-inning game. Even in hindsight, he was thinking this was a nine-inning game, but it was not a nine-inning game. The Astros had that power that just pushed it, 9, 10, 11. And before last night, the Dodgers were 98 and 0, 0 in games this year where they were ahead in the eighth. But they gave up the lead in the ninth, and then boom, Astros took it over which is why i think we're looking good going nope. back to houston right now nope nope and honestly they could have ended it in the ninth i saw cody bellinger's you know take that swing and that could have ended the game right there it could have but no no but no so the cool thing about watching game two for me was i think i said before that i wasn't sure who i was going to root for my heart is kind of with houston my math is with the dodgers right. i can kind of go either way and i figured as i'm watching something's going to emerge And I kept watching half innings thinking, I don't know what I want to have happen. Do I want the pitcher to get him? Do I want him to hit it out of the park? I I kept switching back and forth on who I was rooting for. And that made it really, really fun for me. And that almost never happens. Yeah, I think that's one of the fun things about watching this series. Even for me, I mean, I have this real... uh, inclination toward Altuve and the heroics of Houston but at the same time it's not like the stress of your home team like if the Red Sox were in it I would be walking out of the room when things got too tough or like hiding my face in the pillow like that kind of tension feeling isn't there when it's a team that you're just rooting for because you know that you you like the little guy who's being a powerhouse so it's a different kind of feeling and it and it makes it fun I'm not saying that I don't want my home team to be in the World Series <laughs> next year. Like, it would be really nice to be able to have that moments of panic. But this is, I'm appreciating it, it for it's, the moment. It's fun to appreciate good baseball as good baseball totally. without having these other feelings and emotions behind it. But there is something this week that I do have emotions and feelings about, and that's the Gold Glove finalists. Yeah, so my boyfriend, my Nationals boyfriend, Anthony Rendon, is a finalist for Gold Gloves. And my emergency backup boyfriend, yes, that's a thing, Michael A. Taylor, center fielder, is also up up for a Gold Glove. So, you know, I feel really bad because I think I went back and forth between boyfriends a lot on the Red Sox this year because I can't remember if Pookie was number one or number two. I think he was number two. I think I started off with Pretty Eyes, which is Bogart's. But Mookie Betts, who you just gotta say Pookie. You right? gotta say Pookie. I think because I made you say Pookie. I think that was that, me. Right, right. And so when we go to the games, when the two of us were at Fenway Park, there's me yelling, Yeah, Pookie! And he's got a gold glove and he has a nice gold necklace. So it kind of matches, right? <laughs> Indeed. So we'll find out about that soon. But again, they don't want to spoil the whole, take, take the thunder away from the World Series. So news has to be, they, they know who the winners are. 
but they're just meeting it out a little bit at a time. So, you know, after November 7th, we might have to have a special Golden Glove podcast with our review of Can the Can we winners. invite our boyfriends? That would be great. I think <laughs> that would be great. So I think that's like the ultimate goal is to have a podcast with a boyfriend or two or, you know, as many as who want to show up. <laughs> so um, we can review. We got to say more about this manager saga. So after the Sox dump Farrell, after our Nats dump Dusty. Oh, my heart. Our, my heart hurts. Our team that we love to hate, the Yankees. Dump Girardi. Did not see that coming after 10 years. Right. He was the one-star general, right? Because (laughs) he got that one World Series ring in 2009. But, you know, the big bucks, Cashman, those guys in the back office, that's not enough production for the Yankees, even though he looks the part. I mean, he could be a Marine. He could be a Marine. And he does have the heart and soul of the team. And I got to say, as a team, I dislike the Okay, I hate the Yankees. Right. But I've always liked individual players. And Girardi was always one of those guys. Okay, I can get behind that. I'm okay with Girardi. And I thought he was a good manager, so I'm really kind of surprised. I didn't see that coming. And the Nationals don't seem to be talking to him, and I'm okay with that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to echo you there. I want to say that we would love to have some Yankees fans listening to us. I'd love to have that banter back and forth (laughs) if we can do it on social media. One of my closest, dearest friends, Santiago, is a Yankees fan, and we've been building on that, that rivalry for years. But... It's just one of those teams that you just got to love to hate. And But I agree with you on Girardi. There was something about him. He's physically fit. Like, you know that he's, like, working out with the guys. So there's something about him that was on the good side, but still those pinstripes, right? He, he is Yankee through and through. So right. I don't know what he's going to do next right. because he's the Yankees guy. So I was saying, oh, I wish the Red Sox would have interviewed Dusty, and they didn't, but... Well, look what just happened. The Nats interviewed Farrell. Yeah. I don't think he's going to go anywhere, but it is kind of a, it's a pattern because he he would be coming in with the Nats kind of where he came in with the Red Sox. So that would be cool. But I think they're going to go with the Cubs guy. I think they're going to go with Martinez. I think that's probably a better fit. I mean, I think the Farrell coming in and winning a World Series in your first year is not something easy to repeat. So I think the Nationals are being sane with that. The funniest article I saw today actually was that did the Red Sox move too soon and nabbing Cora? Should they have held out for Girardi? And I'm thinking, what the <laughs> oh fuck? Oh my Are God, you serious? No. Red Sox Nation would fucking explode. They would. With they the would. Former. They would totally Yankees. explode. They would. They would totally explode. So, so no. So my no. Con- yeah, my concern about Martinez from the Cubs though is I heard that um, that Madden was like, oh, this would be great for him. It would be a good <laughs> move. Yes. And part of me is like, is he being encouraging of this guy that he brought up through the ranks, or is he thinking if he goes to the Nats, we can totally beat the Nats again? And so I, I or does. Does he want to get rid of him? Does he want to get rid of them? I don't know what it means. So we'll see what happens. But again, everything's happening sort of like under, flying under the radar right now until after the World Series. And I just want to add that this is the first time in history that three teams that made the postseason. So these three teams were relatively successful compared to the rest of Major League Baseball replaced their managers. So what the fuck are these owners going for? They have three classy managers made the world made the not the world series that's a problem made the postseason though but it's not good enough so it's not good enough so we'll just keep rotating them around that's why i kind of like the idea of bringing up people who haven't been managers before if they're ready for it because maybe that'll shake things up enough instead of just saying okay we'll just trade 
yeah. you try this guy, and we'll try your guy, and we'll see what happens. Well, that's a, the thing about the Yankees is they're very insular, so I think they're looking at managers. I think they will be seriously looking at managers in their minor league farm systems to bring them up. I think it's sort of like one of those weird cults. I think that the Yankees are like inbred. We know it's, yeah, it's totally, totally, totally yeah. a weird cult. We have boyfriends. We have boyfriends? We totally have boyfriends. And are both of our boyfriends homered in game two? And can yeah. I just say my boyfriend had a two-run homer. Yeah, but you know, Altuve, I'm thinking he is the energizer bunny with home runs in the playoffs. Six, six total home runs in the playoffs. He, uh, he's got that, that bounce in him and everything he does. And there was that catch in the bottom of the third where he leaped up to like almost Aaron Judge height and snagged the ball. And that was it. So, yeah, no, I think Altuve is got it. You picked the right boyfriend for you. I, I, I totally go with that. So I'm still at a loss for a Dodger boyfriend. I've been shopping yeah. around a little bit. Game one, when Taylor hit a home run, like at the very start of game one, I thought, oh, maybe this is an easy sale. Maybe maybe I've got this one yeah. right away. And I thought, no, nah, well, he's fine. He's fine. But he wasn't really working it for me. And then I'm looking at I'm looking at Justin Turner, and I'm thinking, he looks kind of like wilding. Not really my type, the whole ginger beard thing he's got going. Not what I usually go for but he really loves his job. And there was a play in game two that was spectacular. And I said yeah. to myself, if he makes this play, he's my boyfriend, and he overflew, overthrew first base. So he's not my boyfriend, so I'm still shopping. He does stand out, though, like that ginger beard thing, definitely. Well, he stands out and Puig stands out, and I know that we're going to get to that, but uh, both of them have the uh, entertaining hair aspect. I thought I was set. I was like, you know, I'm going to go with Kiki because there's the whole Puerto Rico connection and he was talking about people back home and he was doing well. And then game two, the lineup comes out and he's out. Turns out that they needed a, I think it was a lefty. The sub, Jack Peterson, banged one of the homers. So now I'm like, what do I do? Do I go with Peterson? I think he's in tonight or go back to Kiki. He's got that great name they're going to emerge they're going to emerge yeah. for us they just haven't done it yet but they're both in left field so i think maybe i just have left field as and I, my boyfriend and left I, field I, is I my boyfriend have, have center field going so maybe that's a thing maybe it's a thing we'll find out i have got to talk about puig and i got to talk about puig in my role as a parent because he's such a young guy and i think the things that make me freaking nuts about him will come with maturity and with age. So here's my my parental disapproval. Number one, he's doing way too much. He's accessorizing way too much. He has the blue hair, he's got the designs, he's got all this stuff going on. I remember, again, back to me being very ladylike growing up, you get dressed, you accessorize, and then you take one thing off, you remove one so you're not overly done. He hasn't gotten that far yet. He's got too much happening. And then I love an enthusiastic player, but the way he expresses his enthusiasm, I'm sorry. I'm a parent. When I see somebody licking a bat, I think, that could kill you. Stop it. And when I I was reading a Deadspin article who finally they someone described what he does in a way that I totally get. Celebratory humpage. Okay, <laughs> so he's like, woohoo, went out in the field, but he's not high-fiving and yay, look at me and fist-pumping. Celebratory humpage. I can't cotton to that because it's a ball game. There are kids. I'm a parent. I think about this stuff. He makes me nuts. It's such a fine line, though, because I think one of the wonderful things that the World Baseball Classic, Classic? Is that what, what yep. it's called with the yep. international one, 
was that kind of energy that came in that wasn't in the MLB. We had these players who were celebrating in crazy ways and the bat flips were beautiful and the whole fucking Colombian team jumped out of the dugout after a run. Like that kind of enthusiasm, I think we need more of and I think that's what Puig is bringing, but he's too young and he hasn't learned like appropriate levels of this kind of stuff yet but he's coming from cuba he's coming from a society where there aren't rich people and all of a sudden he's young and he's a very rich person and he's got a lot of fans he's got a lot of power and he's just pardoning it well he's toned down this, yeah this is a player who's in search he, he would benefit from a mentor he yeah. needs somebody to take him under his wing and say yep i get that you've got talent coming out of your ears you have enthusiasm you have excitement you love the game there are better ways to show it than what you're doing in front of eight-year-olds he did show class, though, in complimenting Correa on his bat flip after his home run. So I think that's kind of cool that he can appreciate, like, the celebration on the other team. Although, like, one of his, like, maybe less stellar moments is when he slammed his glove. He, he missed a really tough catch. God, that ball, he, yeah, that was spectacular was effort. Close. He was laid out. He tried his best. But then he rips his glove off and he slams it down. And, yes, better slamming down your glove than, like, punching someone but it was right at the wall. So they're like, the image shows all these kids like looking over. And it's kind of like you swearing in front of toddlers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't mean to do that. that. <laughs> Damn it. Game three. Okay. So we're going to Houston. I did not think Houston was going to win in Dodger Stadium and they did, but I'm still okay. We're going to be in a place where the roof is closed and the fans are motivated. And the fans are loud. So loud. Closed roof stadium is crazy. I saw a game in Tampa, and they do cowbells there. Cowbells in closed roof. Do they do more cowbells? Yeah, more and more. And they don't have that many people there. So there were not that many people in the stands, but the noise was crazy. So I can't imagine what kind of intensity that's going to bring to this game coming back to Houston. So they've got all the energy going for them now. They just had this comeback from a comeback in game two where they were behind and then ahead and then tied and then and that kind of spirit is gonna I think cruise them into definitely winning tonight I think they're gonna win tonight I think you're right I think they have the the you know everything's going their way they've got the motivation they have this really exciting win they're totally gonna win tonight in front of the home crowd and then the Dodgers are gonna come to their senses and math is going to work and the Dodgers are gonna start winning again even in the very loud Astrodome. So that's going to work. Astrodome still? No, it's not. It's Minimist. What is it? Yeah, I Yikes. Okay, the place it's, with the roof. Yeah, yeah. The no, place it, with the it's roof. Got a, it's got a brand. Um, I think that's going to feed into my prediction, though, of Astros and seven. Because at first, when they won, you know, game two, I was thinking, you know, that kind of sets it up really well for Astros and five because they go home. Astros and they, five. You're adorable. They, they just not win, a win, word. win. And then they celebrate at home. So how perfect would that be? But... The games are tense. Somebody's going to fuck up. At some point, there's a really good chance that the Dodgers could lose one of the, or the Dodgers could win, rather, one of these three games, in which case we're going game seven. I'm still going Dodgers in six. Houston's going to win tonight. They're going to lose the next two at home, which is going to hurt them like hell. And I feel really bad for it, but I'm sticking with it. There we go. So if you like what you heard, go to iTunes and give us a really nice review, and then you'll have lots more No Crying in Baseball. Get ready.
Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs>